Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. Today we are beginning a new series called God, Man, Lamb, King. Jesus is God, Jesus is man, Jesus is the Lamb, and Jesus is King. In part one, Duncan teaches us that Jesus is God. He claims to be God, and Scripture teaches us of his divinity. This message was recorded on August 31st, 2023 at the Garden Theater at UNC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are. Leave as a new creation. tonight. I would say, everybody good, bad, somewhere in the middle? Good? Okay, college sucks. I get it. Like, I would not, like, personally, I would get it if life kind of sucks right now. Like, I get it. I get it. But, just, but welcome, guys. So, so for our Thursday nights, as far as, like, tonight, so we are doing large groups here at the Garden Theater for two more weeks. Okay. For the next two weeks, we are going to be meeting here, 7 p.m., and then after two weeks, we are actually going to be moving inside Gunter Hall, and that is where we are going to be meeting for large groups for the semester. Yeah, everyone everyone, points to that building really fast. See, now you have no excuse. All right, really fast. If you are a small group leader, please raise your hand. Heck yeah. Hey, right here. Ooh, uh, yeah, let's go. Heck yeah. If you have not ever heard of a small group or if you are not in a small group, find one of these people with their hand up after the service is over. Yeah, there we go. Pretty faces. I love it. 11 find out of 10. I'd people. recommend. Yeah, find one of these people and let's get you plugged in. We can help you guys work with your availability and get you guys w to meet your lifelong friends, right? Woo! Okay. Okay. So, Jalen, I need you to do me a really solid favor. Can I just have you stand up for me real quick? Okay, so first off, okay, but first off, first off, look at that hunk of a man right there. Absolutely, absolutely. So, <laughs> so, as you can see, so Jalen is, is actually wearing one of our new Chi Alpha shirts. Honestly, really, really solid design. Love every second of it. So, over at the table over there, we are actually selling these shirts for $20 each. If you want, go get yourself a shirt. Yeah. All right, I need everybody to do this. Oh, let's go. We've got Breakaway! Woo! All right, not this weekend, but next weekend. Say that with me. Not this weekend, but next weekend. We have Breakaway in Centennial, Wyoming, September 8th through 10th. We've been warning you guys and letting you know when it's happening, so I hope you all took the days off because, guys, this is not something you want to miss. And seriously, it's $89, guys. Tonight, I'm yes. telling you, tonight, 
Yes. If you don't register by tonight, it goes up by $10, and we're all broke, so we all need to save that extra $10. Dude, amen, amen. <laughs> but that $89 <laughs> is so worth it. You guys get so many things for that. You guys get your lodging, you get your food, and you get everything that the place offers, including, like, their courses, the rope courses. Um, they've got, he talked about the Nerf. Yes, the, the, the bows. Yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, There was what? Archery tag. That's yeah, what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, we're going to have a really, really awesome speaker there. His name is uh, A-Rod. He's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. You guys come out. Let's go. And we have our friend also going. His name's Adam Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. So seriously, guys, register. If you look on the screen, there should be a QR code right now. If you have not registered, scan that code. Or if you have paid but not registered, scan that code now. Get on the list. And if you need a ride... Click the option when you register so we can get you a ride. There are plenty of yes. people here willing to give y'all rides, so no excuses. Yes. And then for Ki for Kyle After Dark. Ooh. We heard a lot of people really missed Fugitive last night, or last week. Yeah. So we're doing Fugitive again. Yes. So hang out here. Yes. We're doing Fugitive again, making a little bit of tweaks to make it a little more competitive, all right? Yes. Snacks and all that fun jazz are going to be up at the table still. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, because we are all social media junkies, because I know for a fact we are staring at our phones 24 freaking 7. I see Emily already staring at her phone already. For, for the proving my point. <laughs> so, if you are on Instagram, Facebook, you should totally follow us at XAUNC. Also, we also have... Um, we also have YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So, 11 out of 10, please. You should go You should go see what type of stuff we got and go follow us on there, for sure. Heck yeah. All right. Last week we played a game, but this week we have a chance to win another gift card. Mm, and oh. you're not, you not going to want to miss this. Yes, it is a fun gift card to five guys, which I heard some small groups went there this week, and it was pretty fun. So... They, All right. They got some solid fries. Solid All right. fries. Are you guys ready? Who wants a chance to win a Five Guys gift card? Woo! Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you are new this year to Chi Alpha stand up. Nope, sit down. George, George, I love you, but bruh. There we go. Ooh, All let's right. go. Okay, let's go. Let's Heck go. Yeah, yeah, let's go. I see All you, right. Quincy. Man, this is where I wish we had Jeopardy music. Oh, and would you do me the honor of doing Jeopardy music for mm. me? Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. We are going to be playing some trivia. Okay, guys? So only for people who are standing can play, unfortunately. Sorry, guys, if everyone else. What is that noise? I was saying speaker. All right. Maybe? So for the people standing, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask a trivia question. And whoever can get up here first and answer the question or give me their answer if it is correct you will win there's several trivia questions okay please don't trip so there's plenty of chances to win yes if you are going to run up here please do not aim for the speaker don't step on the light because that'll send the whole thing out yes so carefully <laughs> yes your way please, up here, okay please. but it's first whoever is up here first okay I know, so I know first aid, I don't feel like dealing with that tonight. How about we have everyone kind of come over here if you're standing, so it's, it's uh, even for everyone, okay? Yeah, let's go. Give a round of applause, Ooh, guys. Let's go, let's go. I want to make sure it's even and not no one's getting, you know, kicked in the face or anything, okay? 
goodness. All right. Are you guys ready? Yeah, you got to cheer them on, guys. Come on. Woo! All right. So here are some questions. We're going to go in order that I have them, all right? First one up here. Ready? We got the rules? What was UNC's original name? You think you know it? Let's try. You've got multiple tries. All right. It looks like nobody knows. So we're going to move on to the next question. You guys ready? Dang, that's crazy. That's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The answer was the Colorado State Normal School. <laughs> Strange name. That's normal. All right. Nice. Are you ready? How many acres is UNC's campus? What do you think it is, Julia? You got it. You got it. You got it. No, I don't. <laughs> You're good. Math's hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> 40 acres. 40 acres. 40 it's acres. A little, it's a little under. 260. <laughs> <laughs> it's a just little a, under. Just, just a hair. Just a hair. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you guys ready for the next one? What year was UNC founded? Oh, good Hey, there we, yeah, go. there we go. There we go. Let's go. You guys, she's right. It's 1889. Let's go. She, All right. she knows her history. Let's go. Yeah, Cammie, you just won a gift card to five guys. I'll give it to you, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we give everyone, everyone give Cammie a round of applause. Woo! Heck yeah. Perfect. Hey, all of these new faces, guys, if you've been here, say hi to one of them, okay? Perfect. <laughs> all right. Now for what you guys all came for, we have a good word for you guys tonight, and it's going to be by our fearless leader, as we like to always say, Duncan! Goodness. Yeah, we're going to blow everybody's ears out. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, how is everybody? Everybody, hey, everybody see Christian back there on the soundboard? Hey, y'all say, what's up, Christian? Hey, Christian, you want to turn me down on this monitor? <laughs> I got George's mic. Yeah, there we go. Hey, welcome to Chi Alpha week two. Here we are. And uh, man, it is good to see you. Uh, I just want to say, like, Breakaway is going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Uh, the speaker, Alex Rodriguez, good friend of mine, not the baseball player, but just as handsome. I'll just have to say that. But. Uh, uh, and we're going to have our, our, I think a lot of our favorite missionary, Adam Quinn, is going to be there. So that's going to be awesome. And uh, we're going to be with the Chi Alpha in Wyoming as well. They're joining us. And so uh, those are cool cats. And uh, it's going to be awesome. So sign up for Breakaway. And I just want to say, too, that if you need help with money, let us know. If, if you're looking at the price and going, man, I'm eating ramen every single day what the heck, you're asking me to pay this much? We'll help you. We will. So please just talk to us. We're, we're nice people, okay? All right, tonight, uh, so if you were not here last week, my name is Duncan, and I am the director of Chi Alpha here at UNC. What's up? What's up, Caleb? And, uh, <laughs> and I just want to say that if you are here for the first time, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. 
And we love that you're here. We love that you decided to be with us tonight. We hope you come back. And we hope you go to small group. Small group is awesome. And uh, if you haven't joined one, I'd recommend joining one. So we like, to, we like to talk about some controversial stuff from the front. We do. It's true. And uh, sometimes we ruffle some feathers. And small group is a great place to work that out. You know, small group is also a great place to, like, work out life's issues. It's true because we believe that no matter what you're going through, like, somebody has been there and done that. And, and has a story about how God has changed their life. Isn't that awesome? So you should join a small group. Pretty awesome. If you haven't joined one already. All right, tonight, you're in for a treat because we are starting a new series tonight. A new series. Yeah, we like, it's just like the church world, right? We're doing series, sermon series. Pretty awesome. Uh, it's not going to be a very long series. It's going to be a four-part series starting tonight. And uh, if you were here last week, you learned that Jesus is the center of Chi Alpha. Jesus is the center of everything that we do in Chi Alpha. He's the reason that we gather. He's the reason that we worship. He's the reason we hang out on campus all day. Um, we don't just think about Jesus at Christmas and Easter, like so many do. We don't just worship him on, on Sundays. We worship him every day of the week, right? We don't just get our Jesus fill in the morning so we can move about our day. We think about him, and he is the center of our lives the entire day, every day of the week, 24-7. We are Jesus people. And what we call this is that we say this, Jesus is our integration point. Everybody say integration point. Integrate, big word. Man, you guys are smart. And uh, integration point is simply this. You can put that slide up there. Integration point is, that, is just simply this. Jesus is the center. So we don't say this. Here's something we don't say in Chi Alpha. We don't say Jesus is number one. We don't. Some of you are looking at me weird, like, Duncan, are you serious? Jesus is my number one. Well, that's great. I want to encourage you for him to be everything. <laughs> Come on. Like, not just number one, because when you put him on a list as number one, that means you can check him off and move on to the next thing, right? But instead, if Jesus is at the center, then everything else gets filtered through him. He is the lens through which we see everything else. This is what we call integration point. So Jesus is the center. And we're, these next four weeks, starting tonight, we're going to be talking about Jesus. And let me tell you something. Everybody has an opinion on Jesus. It's true. Everybody does. He's one of the most divisive figures in history. And often people will look at Jesus and they will try to make him into something that he's not. And often they will try to make him into something they want him to be, but he is not containable. He is not able to fit into a box. Jesus is so much bigger than that box. And when you try to limit him, he breaks the barriers every single time. So um, because everybody has an opinion of Jesus, you've probably seen these examples of Jesus. You have hippie Jesus. Put that slide up there. You got hippie Jesus, right? Some of you have probably seen pictures of hippie Jesus. He's, uh, he's a love. He's all about love and peace, right? He usually wears a prom dress, and it's usually, uh, you know, tie-dye. And he uh, holds the peace sign up a lot, right? And he just says, peace and love, man. And he just sits in a, you know, crisscross applesauce on the ground and just sings kumbaya all day. That's hippie Jesus. You've also probably seen NRA Jesus. Put the next slide up. 
Right, NRA Jesus is, uh, you know, he might as well be wearing a MAGA hat, and uh, he owns lots of firearms, and if you, don't rep if you don't vote Republican, you're not a true Christian, right? That's what NRA Jesus says. Um, on a more serious note, there are some that say that Jesus was not who he says he was. Some will say that he was just a mere moral teacher, that he was a man with superpowers. Some will say that he is a prophet sent by God. Um, some will make him out to just be a mere man who was made into a God. So tonight we're wa we want to clear some things up by starting this series, and we're calling the series, you can put this next slide up there, we're calling it God, Man, Lamb, and King. God, Man, Lamb, and King. I hope you guys stick with us through this series because it's going to be really, really good. And during this four-part series, you're not just going to hear from me. You're going to hear from some of our other staff members starting next week. Next week, you're going to be able to hear from CJ. Come on. You know, by the way, yes, we believe women can preach the word of God. We believe that in Chi Alpha. Some will say they can't. I want to challenge them on that. Uh, I think it's bad Bible study to say that women can't share the word of God in front of people. And if you want to debate me on that, let's do that in small group, okay? <laughs> yeah. After, after CJ, you're going to be hearing from... Coffee connoisseur, Peter Kluth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, you guys are really excited for Peter, man. The uh, co One of the co-founders of Noeo Coffee, if you can believe that, yeah. Pretty cool, a little shout out there. Uh, go buy some Noeo Coffee, yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be an awesome series. So God, man, lamb, king. God, man, lamb. Can you say that ten times as fast as you can? Yeah, 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 all right. <laughs> all right, so let's begin the series. You guys ready? You got some Bibles? You got something to take notes with? All right. We are going to start out by saying this. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Jesus calls himself God. He identifies himself with God. Jesus is God. So open up your Bibles, if you have them, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Now, tonight, if you are not a note-taker, I want you to betray your identity for a night and become a note-taker. I think that's going to be super, super uh, uh, awesome for you because we're going to go deep. We usually, go, we usually don't go deep like this early on, but we're going to go super deep, okay? We're going we're gonna to go for it, man. Okay, so let's set up what's going on here in John chapter 8. So, at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus comes into the temple to teach, and he's teaching and the Pharisees bring him a woman who has been caught in adultery. Uh-oh, right? Throughout the Gospels, these guys, the Pharisees, these religious leaders are constantly trying to trip Jesus up because they don't like him. He is a threat to their power. Um, and in this scene, they're trying to trip him up by bringing him this, this woman. And they inform him that this woman has been caught in adultery. And did you know that in their law, if a woman was caught in adultery, she is supposed to be stoned to death? That's according to their law. That's pretty crazy, right? It sounds kind of harsh, right? But they say that if a woman is caught in adultery, she is supposed to be stoned to death. She's supposed to be sentenced to death. And that Jesus continues. He responds by giving these guys some really, really deep truths. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall never walk in darkness. He tells them that he is the one sent from the Father to reveal God. He tells us that when we look at him, we will know the truth, and we will know that he is the truth. 
and that that truth would set us free, some classic teachings of Jesus. And all the while in John chapter 8, the Pharisees grow more and more impatient with Jesus. And they straight up ask him in the scene, they say, who are you? Who do you think you are? And they accuse him of some things. They accuse him of being a Samaritan. They, they accuse him of being basically a foreigner, right? They accuse him of being demon-possessed. And it's at this point that I want to start reading. So John chapter 8, verse 48. We'll start there. Read along with me. I got it on the screen. It says, The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death. Surely you are not greater than our father, Abraham, who died. The prophets died too. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answers and says, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have come to know him. You have not come to know him. And I say that if you do know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw that it was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus said to him or hid himself and went out of the temple. Um, this is a crazy scene, right? They, they straight up say, who are you? And he's like, hey, guess what? I saw Abraham. <laughs> They're like, yeah, right. That was like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And you've seen Abraham. And he says, before Abraham was, I am. And something about that statement that he makes really makes the Pharisees angry. So much so that they pick up stones to kill him. That's, I mean, he just said, I, I mean, what is so wrong with what he said? And this is what I want to unpack tonight. I'm going to start with a story. Many years ago, um, I had a guy that I wanted to get into my small group. This was uh, many, many years ago when I was uh, at Chi Alpha in Texas. And I was pursuing a guy to be in my small group. He's a cool guy, really smart dude, grew up in church. But he decided that when he was going to get to college, that that church life wasn't for him. And he decided he was going to rebel. He's like, man, mom and dad drug me to church my whole life. I don't want that anymore. I want that party life. Right? But he was a cool, cool kid, and I really wanted him in small group. And uh, he uh, started to run away from the truths of God. He would come to small group and we'd talk about the, th the truths found in the Bible. We'd talk about who God is and he would just argue. He would argue and he finally got to the point where he said, Duncan, he said, where in the Bible does it say Jesus is God? I challenge you, it doesn't say that anywhere. And I kind of looked at him and I said, man, you're a smart dude, but I want you to read your Bible <laughs> because it's everywhere. It says it everywhere. Um, what he was doing is something, you can put this phrase up there, it's something that we say in Chi Alpha, intellectual deception follows moral rejection. And what that means is this. If you follow Jesus, there are certain rules you have to follow. Now, we know in Chi Alpha that those rules do not save you. You, you guys with me, right? Like, you don't get saved by following the rules. But if you love Jesus, there, there are rules, 
By the way, that's totally normal, right? There are rules with any relationship. Like David O'Burke here is a good friend of mine. Awesome dude, about to graduate soon. Super smart guy, super godly dude. But he and I are friends, and because he and I are friends, we have rules in our relationship, right? Like I can't just walk up and kick him in where the sun don't shine, right? <laughs> like he won't allow me to do that. Or what if, what if every time he invites me to his house, I snuck into his room and started stealing his cash? Like, that's a rule. I can't do that, right? Like, I would be breaking a friendship rule. Every relationship has rules. Now, if I kept on doing that, David would say, hey, listen, Duncan, I love you, man. <laughs> but we can't be friends. And I'd say, David, why? Like, why? We, we should be friends. He's like, because you keep stealing my money and you keep kicking me in the nads, right? <laughs> like, you shouldn't be doing that. I love you, but we cannot be friends. You see, God has rules. He says, I love you, but if you're going to be my friend, I've got rules. And if you don't want to follow those rules, you have to create a reality that lets you break those rules. Does that make sense? So, so in other words, like, if Jesus has rules and you don't want to follow them and you want to live however you want, you have to create a reality that allows you to live however you want. And so you start to say foolish things like, God, God's not real, or God doesn't exist, or Jesus is not exactly who he says he is, therefore I don't have to follow the rules. You guys with me? Intellectual deception follows moral rejection. Well, this is what that guy was going through, and he would ask me these questions. Duncan, where in the Bible does it say Jesus is God? Now, this kid grew up in church. He should know his Bible, and this is everywhere. The Bible, Jesus is God in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. That never changes. And in preparation for this study years ago, I made a list of scriptures that I found in one day of, of, of scriptures that say Jesus is God. You actually put this slide up there. This is not exhaustive, okay? But at least this many scriptures talk about how Jesus is God. So if you want to take a screenshot of that, go study later. Prove me wrong. I challenge you. Prove me wrong. I welcome it. But these scriptures declare that Jesus is God, both the Old and the New Testament. So in deciding on what to base the sermon on tonight, you can see from this screen here that I had a dilemma. I could have used any of these scriptures, but I settled on John chapter 8. So let's look back at John chapter 8, okay? So not only have the Pharisees tried to trip Jesus up with this adulterous woman, but at this point they're actually getting ticked. They're claiming that Jesus is demon-possessed. They're trying to figure out who he is. I mean, they probably thought he was a little crazy, right? And, and, you know, this guy's crazy. He's saying he's older than Abraham. He's older than the prophets. This guy's nuts. And if it, if it was just that, they would have just walked away. Said, so, man, this guy's crazy. He's claiming to be super old. He's not yet 50. I've got nothing to say to this guy. This guy needs to be put into a mental hospital. Okay, But they don't do that, do they? They pick up stones to stone him. That's key to what we're going to look at tonight. Jesus offers this wonderful promise. He says, if you keep my word, you will not taste death. So this is where they claim he's demon-possessed. He's crazy. Maybe he's not crazy. Maybe he really has a demon, and he's saying stupid stuff. Okay? How could he possibly say that we won't taste death? Death is everywhere. 
All of our prophets have died. Our great fa fathers of our faith have died. Moses and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, they've all died. They, remember, they were under the rule of the Roman government, and the Roman government would crucify people in front of the entire city. So they saw death all the time. So Jesus saying something like, hey, you won't taste death. They were like, this guy's crazy. There's death everywhere. What do you mean we won't taste death? So they say in verse 53, they say, who do you make yourself out to be? In essence, they're saying this, who the heck do you think you are? And Jesus goes through this answer about how he doesn't need to glorify himself. He knows God and God would glorify him. He makes claims like, I know God. I know the one personally who you claim to be your God. And then he goes there. Verse 56, your father, and put this up there, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Whoa, did, did Jesus just actually claim that Abraham saw the day of Jesus? Did he really say that he and Abraham had seen each other? Abraham had walked to earth like millennia before this <laughs> how in the world did jesus see abraham so the pharisees respond verse 57 it's up there so the jews said to him you are not yet 50 years old you've and you've seen abraham and jesus said to them truly truly i say to you before abraham was born i am therefore they picked up stones to throw at him and jesus hid himself and went out of the temple so jesus makes a very interesting claim here and the claim is actually two parts the first claim in jesus's response is actually pharisees i was around before abraham <laughs> yep that's true i was around before abraham when god made that covenant with abraham over two thousand years ago yeah i was there before that now, I want us to pay careful attention here. I told you Jesus' claim is two parts. If we were to just leave it at that, Jesus was around before Abraham, it's just really silly. If that was the only claim he was make, making, the Pharisees would have been like, okay, whatever. You're not even 50. You're just a liar. The truth is not in you. Go away. We don't have time for you. But that wasn't their reaction. Their reaction was to kill him. I mean, that seems a little harsh. <laughs> The guy's just claiming to be old, right? Actually, his claim is much deeper than that because he says this, before Abraham was, I am. Now, that kind of seems like a grammatical error if you read it in English. Like, Jesus, did you just, uh, did you just uh, misspeak there? Did you just have a, you know, a grammatical error? <laughs> before, it shouldn't it be before Abraham was, I was? That would have made more sense. But Jesus is very purposeful in using this phrase, before Abraham was born, I am. So let's dig in a little deeper. You guys ready? I am. Where does this come from? Anybody know? Raise your hand if you know where this comes from. Yeah, a lot of you. Okay. Sunday school kids. Come on. You guys know this, right? <laughs> church kids. Church kids. Yeah, yeah. Turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3 or just look on the screen. This phrase comes from Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 10. This is, of course, where uh, Moses encounters the burning bush. You guys remember the scene? You've seen The Prince of Egypt, right? You know that, that movie still makes me cry? Like, it's probably the best soundtrack out there, right? We should probably play it when it's nice over. We'll just throw it on, right? It's such a good soundtrack, right? But you remember that scene, right? Moses goes before the burning bush. He's like, chases the sheep, you remember? And he goes to the burning bush, and he's like, 
Oh my gosh, what is going on? The, the bush isn't burning up, right? Turns out that is some manifestation of the Almighty, and he's telling Moses that he's supposed to go before Pharaoh and convince Pharaoh to let the Israelites go from captivity. You guys remember the story, right? So let's pick up in verse 10. This is God talking through the burning bush. He says, Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you might bring, might bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he says, Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that it, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name and what shall I say to them? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Everybody say, I am. I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So did you catch that? Moses asked God to give him a name to tell the sons of Israel who has sent him. And God responds, I am who I am. Tell them I am sent you. <laughs> Oh, you want to know my name? My name is I am. <laughs> kind of strange, right? The Hebrew word for I am in Exodus 3 is the word haya. Say haya. Haya. <laughs> it's the Hebrew word haya. That's all I thought about when I wrote that down. This Hebrew word, it's a verb and it means to be. And it's actually from this Hebrew verb haya that we get the unpronounceable name of God. The Hebrews use Yahweh. You've heard his name, right? Yahweh? You've heard that before? Yahweh? No way. No way, oh. Yahweh. <laughs> Yahweh is actually a derivative of Hayah. And the Hebrews have used this name for centuries. They still do. And the tradition is from the idea that God's name is so holy that it is unpronounceable. You're not supposed to be able to pronounce Yahweh. In fact, when we say the word Yahweh, we're saying it wrong. We just say it that way because it's easier to say, but it's all consonants. It's like, <laughs> kind of weird, right? But this is the revealed name of God. I am that I am, Yahweh. So we fast forward to John 8. The Pharisees say to Jesus, who do you think you are? You're not even 50 years old. How did you see Abraham? And Jesus responds. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was... I am. You're getting it. All right. Before Abraham was, I am. The Hebrew phrase from Exodus and the Greek phrase from John are the exact same phrase. Jesus uses this phrase on purpose because he's about to send the Pharisees into a frenzy. He says, I am God. <laughs> I am literally Yahweh. I am the Yahweh that spoke to Moses in the burning bush. Now you can see why they picked up stones to stone him, right? He wasn't just saying he was old. He was saying, I am God. Now that's blasphemy. To say that you are God is punishable by death. Whoo, there's a fly up here. Did I get it? Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> it is blasphemy to claim you are God. In fact, put this up there, Leviticus 24, 16. And he that blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death, and all the congregations shall surely stone him. <laughs> That's harsh. So don't claim to be God. 
we've got some stones in these closets here, and I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Maybe. No, we're not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> the same thing happens in Mark chapter 14. We're not going to turn there for the sake of time, but Jesus has been arrested, and the high priest asks him, are you the Christ, the Son of God? And he opens his mouth, and he says, I am. But the word I am there is not saying I am the Christ, the Son of God. He's saying Yahweh. <laughs> I'm actually Yahweh. I'm God. This is awesome, right? This is awesome? Kind of? I think this is awesome. This is really cool. Many of the major cults will claim that Jesus never said this. But there is no doubt that Jesus was accused of blasphemy. That's why they tried to pick up stones to stone him. This actually happens again in John chapter 10. Put this up there. John 10, 30 through 33. Jesus is speaking. He says, I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We're not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Jesus claimed to be God. There's no way around it. There's just no way around it. Now, how is this possible? There are so many scriptures that seem to contradict this, right? You, maybe you're thinking of some. You church kids, I see you out there. You're already thinking of the uh, scriptures that seem to contradict this, right? Obviously, we're dealing with when Jesus is like submitted to the Father, right? He's submitted to the will of the Father. Do you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? Remember that? And he says, I don't want to do this. May this cup pass from me. I wouldn't want to go to the cross either, by the way. But he says, nevertheless, let your will be done. There seems to be scriptures that contradict this. If Jesus is God, why is he submitted to the will of the Father? We're obviously dealing with Jesus' humanity in these moments. Jesus as man, which CJ is going to so eloquently tell us next week, right? You guys excited for hear CJ, right? By the way, if, if you don't know her very well, you know that she's almost married to this hunk of, hunk of burning love right here, yeah? We're only a few weeks away from that wedding, and that's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. That's like the hottest ticket in town, by the way. I cannot wait to – there's going to be a taco. I'm not inviting – sorry, I'm not inviting everybody because I know the – so sorry about that, but if you missed it, too bad. It's going to be incredible. We'll post pictures. How about that? We'll post pictures. But uh, it's going to be an incredible wedding. Anyway, sorry, I got off track. I just keep thinking about y'all's wedding. Woo! It's getting close, man. It's getting close. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, CJ is going to talk about Jesus' humanity next week. But there is no doubt that Jesus, this is super important. So let's get serious for a second. Right. Jesus is a member of the Trinity. There seem, if Jesus is God, why is he talking to the Father? Isn't Jesus the Father? No. <laughs> He's not. Jesus is not the Father. Well, okay, so he's like a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. No, <laughs> he's not. Those are separate people, but yet we believe in one God. This is called Trinitarian theology, and you'll sound super smart if you use that phrase, okay? <laughs> but we know that God is a plurality, by the way. Did you know God is a plurality? He is one God, but three different persons. We see this throughout Scripture. Isaiah 6, write this down, Isaiah 6. Um, he says, God looks across the world and he says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? He uses a plurality when referring to himself. If you want a deeper study, by the way, go to small group. 
any of these small group leaders can walk you through that. And you small group leaders went, I can? Oh, crap. Okay, all right. <laughs> Isaiah 9. Actually, put this up there. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, written 700 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is that scripture you read at Christmas time, right? We just we're we're gonna, we're gonna have a Christmas party this year. It's gonna be awesome. So you know, stick around for that. But uh, Katie Chapman makes these cookies. Okay, Katie Chapman, wave your hand in the back. Yeah, she makes these cookies, and uh, we never we never ask her to. But at things like the Christmas party, she brings these cookies, and like we all gain twenty pounds. But it's totally worth it. All right. Totally worth it. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> but 700 years before the birth of Christ, it says that Jesus will be called what? Mighty God. That's pretty incredible, right? His name means God. Did you know his name, Jesus, the Hebrew pronunciation is Yeshua? Actually, when transliterated English, it's actually Joshua. Pretty cool, right? Josh Christ, anybody? No. <laughs> his name's actually Joshua. It's Yeshua. Jesus is the Latinized transliteration. That's why we say Jesus, right? But his name Yeshua means God saves or God is my salvation. We see this in John chapter 1. The very beginning of John. Put this up there, Samantha. John, Y'all give it up for Samantha running slides. Yeah. John, John, that was another fun wedding, by the way. She and Caleb. Oh, man, that was awesome. I danced. My feet hurt so bad because we danced so much. It was awesome. But uh, John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning with God, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that's come into being. This is basically saying that Jesus is God because he's the creator. He created everything. Nothing that has been created was created outside of Jesus. Jesus is God. This is one of the most important scriptures in the Bible because John opens up his entire gospel by making the claim that Jesus, the Word, is God. Jesus is God. So you guys with me, right? Jesus is God. The unapproachable, holy, perfect God cannot be seen or understood as revealed through Jesus, the Logos, the Word. Jesus is the exact expression of God. So praise team, you guys come back up. Praise team. Praise team. Praise team. Mm. Yeah, praise team. All right. So y'all bear with me. We're coming to a close here. If Jesus is God, it changes everything. It changes everything. You guys with me? If Jesus is really who he says he is, everything makes sense. It all makes sense. If Jesus is not God, then nothing that he says matters. It's true. We shouldn't listen to him if he's not God. You say, well, well Duncan, he, uh, he says, has a lot of good things to say. I mean, even if he's not God, can't we still listen to what he says? No. We can't. Why? Because he makes claims like I am. <laughs> Let me ask you something. You have a professor that's super smart, right? Maybe you've met some of your professors already. They're super smart people. We love our professors at UNC and at Ames. Any Ames people here? Yeah, a few of you, yeah. 
We, we love our, yeah, aardvarks, come on. We love, our, we love our professors. They're smart people. But let me ask you something. If your professor one day started saying, hey, by the way, before we get into our chapter today, I want you to know that I'm God. <laughs> he would be like, peace. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm not listening to anything you have to say. Because either you are a lunatic or you are a liar. Why else would I listen to you? You see, if Jesus is not God, we cannot listen to him because he makes claims to be God. He cannot be a prophet. He cannot be a good moral teacher. It's impossible. If you're a good moral teacher, if you're life coach, anybody got life coach? Life coaches are okay. There's some bad life coaches, but a life coach, yeah, you should start saving money, put away for, for your retirement. Yeah, this is really good. By the way, I'm God. And also, uh, make sure you uh, refinance your mortgage, and I'm also God. Like, you, you wouldn't listen to that person anymore. <laughs> like I can't trust anything you say. If Jesus is not God, we cannot listen to him. This is that great uh, big thing that, that C.S. Lewis writes about. C.S. Lewis has this great dichotomy that he writes about. He says, Jesus is either a liar or he's a lunatic or he actually is who he says he is. He must be one of the three. Jesus has not left the option open for, you, for him to be a good moral teacher. He has not left the option open to be a great prophet of God. The only options we have is he is a liar, he is a lunatic, or he actually is who he says he is. So let's all stand up. We're going to respond tonight. So how do we respond? Jesus is God. There's, when we think about the word God, God is actually a secular term. We use the word God because God's name is unpronounceable, right? So we just, we just say God, right? But that's actually a secular term. But a God... A God is something that your life centers on. We opened up the night talking about integration point, right? Jesus is our integration point. He's not number one. That's, that's falls short. He's not number one. He is the integration point. You guys with me, right? He is the center of our lives. Your God is the thing that your life centers on. So you may identify as a Christian, but does your life center on Jesus? That's the question we must ask. Well, Duncan, how do I know if my life centers on Jesus? Do you think about him all day long? Does every decision you make get filtered through your God? For some people, their God is not really Jesus. Their God is their career. Whoop, I just stepped on some toes, right? Or your God is how much money you'll make. Or your God is who uh, the security you find in a relationship with a significant other, right? Or it's a house. Or it's a certain future you think you have a right to. So many in the church claim to be Christian, but they do not center their life on Jesus. I want to tell you something. And if your life centers on something else, you don't have Jesus as your God. You don't. Maybe he's number two or number three on the list, but that's not what he demands. He demands to be your God. So practically, how do I know if I have a false God? You will say things like this. Jesus, you can have everything in my life except 
right? Whatever that except is, that's your God. Jesus, you can have 99% of it, but please don't take my career. Can I tell you that that career is probably your God? Jesus, you can have everything, but please let me keep dating that guy. Can I tell you that that guy is probably your God? Jesus demands to be the center, not because he's insecure, not because he's a dictator, but because it's the only thing that won't destroy you in the end. He makes this demand because he loves you. To have anything else at the center of your life will destroy you. Are you guys with me? This is a loving thing to say. I will be your God. Center your life on Jesus. So I'm going to pray. Um, if you want to pray with somebody around you about this, I want you to grab them and say, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me that, that, that I will make Jesus the center of my life? That I will not put him as number one anymore, but that he will be the list. <laughs> Jesus is not on the list. He is the list, right? So I'm going to pray. We'll go back into worship and we'll end our night. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for speaking to us. Jesus, we trust your word. We trust that the word is your word. Thank you, Jesus, for making it clear that you are God, that you deserve to be the center of our lives. Lord, we, we look forward to this series, uh, everything we're going to learn about you, God and man and lamb and king. We're, we're looking forward to this, God, so be with us as we dig deep into your word, as we do this Bible study together. Would you be with us, O oh God? Lord, help us to know you more. Lord, help us when we leave Chi Alpha to feel closer to you than we've ever felt before. Jesus, we love you, and you deserve all the praise. You deserve all the glory and all the credit for everything you do in my heart. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. For more information, please visit xaunc.com. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash XAUNC. Our Instagram handle is at XAUNC. And you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.